0: Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that as a house, as a people of this house, as a house of prayer for all nations, that you would continue to lead us beyond, Lord, our ability to see that you would give us a trust that is truly without borders, that you would take us further and farther and deeper in you and into your purposes and destiny and plans. We thank you for our brother and our friend, Pastor Dave. We thank you for his labor here, not only in this house, but all over the world. Lord, in the work of Great Commission Media, we're grateful. We just pray for continued favor and fruitfulness upon that. Ministry, Lord, that it will have impact and influence far beyond what could ever be naturally explained. And we pray now that as he comes to bring us the word of the Lord, that our hearts would be ready, responsive to receive from your hand, from your voice, from your word. So we bless our brother with Thanksgiving now, and we receive the word that you've placed in him in the name of Jesus, and all God's people said. Amen amen. Together can we say, "We bless you, Pastor Dave, in the name of the Lord. We Again, we bless you, Pastor Dave, in the name of the Lord. Again, we bless you, Pastor Dave, in the name of the Lord. And join me in welcoming Pastor Dave. Thank you.
1: Well, we've been all over the world this morning, haven't we? Ferguson, Missouri, Japan, Spain, uh, Tanzania, Kenya, Africa. Um, uh, This week, I I spent uh, the whole week, Monday till yesterday, with nine of our guys that work in Russia. And uh, Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan uh, very humbling to spend time with guys that joyfully are working in a very difficult part of the world and uh, thrilling to just spend this whole week with them. Um, I've got newsletters in the back feel free to take them this this one which is which is the July newsletter shows uh, the pictures of four young men. These are four young pastors that were all murdered in eastern Ukraine just recently. Uh, They were all uh, targeted by the separatist movement in eastern Ukraine uh, because they all have families in the U.S. And they were considered to be um, spies out of the U.S., which, of course, they were not, just young pastors working in Ukraine. Ukrainians. Um, very, very dangerous part of the world right now and uh, appreciate your prayers for our uh, soon to come outreach to Odessa, Ukraine in just just a couple months from now. Um, if you don't get our newsletter, uh, I'd love to have you sign up to receive it on a monthly basis. so if you don't receive it, please sign up in the back to receive our newsletter on a monthly basis. So that when it comes, you will pray for our ministry. We recognize this is not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit. So appreciate um, your standing with us, not only financially, but in prayer. And I stand with you. I, I get the, uh, I'm, I'm on your prayer uh, list. So, so every week, I'm, I'm seeing prayer needs from this church. And I, I join with you in praying for this body and consider myself to be a part of you as well. Praise God. Um, you can uh, take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews 11. We'll, we'll get there in just a minute. <clears throat> We're going to talk for a few minutes this morning about just a, a, a very well-known subject, but, but hopefully coming at a little different angle. That will that will end up helping us, helping me, helping you in in the process of discovering the will of God. How many have found that the will of God is it sometimes confusing? Hmm? Uh, sometimes uh, almost feeling like it's beyond our reach. But I, I, I want to bring it closer to you today. Um, David proclaims in Psalm 40, verse 8, I delight to do your will, O God. How many would say, that's me. I, I, I can relate to David. I delight. I desire. I am well pleased. I have favor towards. I'm inclined towards. I'm bent towards. I have a joyful attitude towards the will of God. That was David's heart. Satan wants to turn the will of God into something that that is ugly or evil or heavy or to be avoided or undesirable or unreachable. Romans 12.2 describes the will of God as being good, being acceptable, being perfect. James 1 says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. So so the will of God is good. It's beneficial. It's it's perfect, which means it's complete. It lacks nothing. It's the best. The will of God is the best for you. you. Can you embrace that? The will of God is the best for you. It's, it's acceptable, which means it's satisfying. It's it's well pleasing. God's will for you, God's will for this church, is this. No wonder David delighted in the will of God. In Hebrews chapter eleven verse five, it says, "By faith Enoch was taken up, so that he would, that he should not see death, and he was not found, because God had taken him." Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having. Please, God. Enoch was uh, the father of Methuselah, who, to our knowledge, lived longer than anyone else, 969 years. He was the seventh from Adam, lived in very dark times. In fact, uh, Jude, in the book of Jude, uh, speaks concerning Enoch. Verse 14, it was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Um, These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loud-mouthed boasters, showing favoritism to gain Advantage, and so so, that was Enoch's view of his generation, very dark. And uh, that's that's the kind of world that Enoch lived in. But in that context, Enoch still pleased God. It, it 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 seems that after Methuselah was born, something happened. Genesis chapter five, it it intimates that it was really a turning point in the life of Enoch. Genesis chapter 5 verse 21 says when Enoch lived 65 years he fathered Methuselah and Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him so here's this unique Bible figure by the name of Enoch who walked with God he walked with in God's good, acceptable, and pleasing will. He pleased God. Which means that he brought God gratification. He brought God satisfaction. He brought God joy. He brought that to God. Isn't it that God was just kind of putting up with him? I want I want you to see. And and by the way, some, sometimes we we put the bar so high in relationship to pleasing God that that none of us ever feel we can ever please God. I want you to know that 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 God, it, it's not really that hard to please God. We. You know, we establish this view of 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 the greatness and the holiness of God, which is very, very true. But but his relationship to us is such that you may look at yourself today and say, I can never please God. I I will never bring joy to God. I I will never gratify God. But that is not true. <laughs> you say, well. Well, Dave, you don't know me. I I know some of you. And I can say to those of you that I know, with with all of our foibles, but, but that you, many days, many times, are bringing joy and gratification to the heart of God. Is that really possible? In Philippians chapter 4, Paul says in verse 18, that the sacrifice that the Philippians brought was well pleasing to God. It wasn't just, well, okay. It's well pleasing to God. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, uh, Paul says that we can be filled with the knowledge of his will, fully pleasing him. <laughs> That's not beyond reach. You can be fully pleasing God. Hebrews chapter 13 tells us in verse 16 we are reminded to do good and to share what we have because such sacrifice is well pleasing to God. Um, you know, there 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 are there are so many things in your life that that's just acceptable to God. I, I mean, he's fine with it. You know, I mean, he's fine with the shirt that Dwayne wore this morning. I, even Matt's shirt. I mean, it's it's not it's not that. You know, when when Matt chose that shirt, God said, "Yeah, hey, that's all right. I like that." Yeah. You know, he was okay with what you had for breakfast this morning, or didn't have. You know, there, there's there's so many areas of your life. You, you know, you're not you're not boxed in by God in this little tiny box where where every part of your life is, is, is where, where you have to be like a puppet on a string that, you know, to please God, you've got to... No, no, no. There's so many areas of your life that God says, hey, I, I like you just the way you are. You know? When I... When I oftentimes when I slip into town quickly, you know, Pastor Jimmy invites me over for lunch and I come over to his house and... And uh, he'll make a sandwich, and we'll sit down and we'll visit for however long we have to spend maybe an hour together. And, uh, uh, you know, he brings out the Oreos afterwards. and Amen. It's all right, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. God, yes, right. God, God is well pleased with that, you know. Now, Colleen may say, no, not, not really, but <laughs> that's my wife, by the way. But, but there's so many things that that don't don't get so uptight about life huh there's so many things about today that that can be well pleasing to God that is well pleasing to God we we, we put ourselves in this legalistic box that's kind of ugly sometimes uh, so here's this guy Enoch that evidently was a man that that was generally going where God was going and, and generally was thinking what God was thinking and did what God was doing and in a very evil generation, a very ungodly generation, but, but he made other choices and, and, and you're making those kind of choices to, to walk with God. How, how many have made that choice? I'm going to walk with God. I, I may not do it perfectly. I may you know stumble over my shoestrings once in a while, but, but I am going to walk with God. Huh? Amen. What a wonderful personal life goal. It's interesting that in Genesis 6, it records that Enoch's great grandson, Noah, found grace and walked with God. So, so here we see the power of generational influence. And it's a wonderful thing, how that we can influence the next generation. So I, I, I pray that every significant decision we make, significant decision that we make, the words of our mouth, the attitudes of our heart, that that we would walk with God, that we would please God, that we would bring God great joy, gratification, and satisfaction. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12 tells us that we can, we can, you can know the things that are freely given to you by God. You, you can know that. Colossians 1 tells us that you can be filled with, with the knowledge of His will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, you can be filled with the knowledge of His will. So Paul is saying, "Hey, this is reachable. This is tangible. This is for you. This isn't. This isn't beyond your reach." Well, I'm not super spiritual. I don't fast four days a week. Okay, that's all right. God says you can. You can be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual understanding. Embrace it. Accept the reality of what God has for you. You can know that. Colossians 4 verse 12 tells us that you can stand mature, fully assured in all the will of God. Ephesians chapter 5 says, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but wise. Don't be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. Understand it. So we're told to be filled with it. We're told to know the three things that are freely given to us by God. Stand mature, assured in the will of God, understanding the will of God. Now, I just want to just quickly in the next 20 minutes, just try to answer the question, how? Do we do that? How does this happen? Well, I'm going to quickly give you six things, but there's probably another list. Pastor Jim would probably have a much better list, but I'll share you mine this morning. I, I believe the first way that we discover the will of God is through humility. You know, the scripture says that God resists the proud. He pushes back against the proud but he gives grace, unmerited favor to the humble. If you will humble yourself before the Lord, on a daily basis, on a regular basis, if you you will just be willing to get on your face before God, symbolically or in reality, if you will just humble yourself before God, the scripture says he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. That's Psalm 25 and verse 9. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. So you want to know the way of God? You you want to know the will of God? Just walk humbly before God. Don't be a big shot. Don't try to think you got all the answers. Just, Just humble yourself. And God will say to you, hey, you're the kind of person that I'll show my way to. Pretty simple. Psalm 32 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. Do you really believe that? (laughs) Do you you really have confidence in God beyond who you are? You know, in, in, in the book of John, Jesus talks about us as being God's sheep. And he says, we as his sheep will know his voice. And you may say, well, pfft, I don't think I ever hear God's voice. You know, there's, a, there's an arrogance that can happen to us where we, where we think, think that we are so complex that God cannot get through to us. You know, you, you really aren't that complex. You know that? You know, God has the ability of communicating to you in a way that you understand. He was able to do it to Noah. He was able to do it to Enoch. He was able to do it to Abraham. He was able to do it to Paul on the Damascus Road. If you need that, Paul needed that. (laughs) If you need it, God will do that. But most of us, thank God, don't need a Damascus Road experience to hear the voice of God. But God knows how to communicate to you in a way that you understand. So if if you will just humble yourself before God and embrace the reality. That that God wants to speak to you and God will speak to you and he will direct your path. Guess what? You'll begin to discover the will of God. Number three, maintain a clean heart. Psalm 66 says, if I cherish iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I like that translation. I like it. Because it doesn't say, if you do iniquity in your heart, the Lord will not hear you. No, no, no. We have all sinned. (laughs) How many are sinners saved? Huh? Yeah. so, So we've all done iniquity. That's not the point. But do you cherish? No, you do not cherish it. You lift your shield of faith against it. You, you ask the blood of Jesus to cleanse you from all sin. You walk in the light as he is in the light. You choose not to walk in darkness. You choose when you fall down into the mud, you stand up and you say, oh, God, clean me, wash me. Why? Because you do not cherish iniquity. That's the heart of a believer. So we maintain a clean heart. Number four, we learn to wait on the Lord. Psalm 37, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him chapter 40 verse 1 I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry that is a real problem for all of us I think because we want it right now (laughs) we want everything right now And, and God says if you'll just wait and be patient I'll direct you and I'll lead you The, the Proverbs 3 that has already been shared twice this morning, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct you. It's true. I want to wrap this up with just a couple thoughts that, that I, I believe the Lord has given to me. And, and, and there, this isn't big stuff. This is pretty simple stuff. But Isaiah 66, verse 6, talks about three different voices. And it, it, it talks about, first of all, the noise from the city. The noise from the city. Who's got a phone here? I, I left mine in the car. Okay. Um, the noise from the city. Um, she's got her Scripture on here. Wonderful, thank you. (laughs) You know, how many know that we can be shackled by the noise from the city? Phones, iPads, you know, Netflix, this, that, everything. You know, the noise from the city, uh, you know, Fox News, uh, you know, whatever. Music, we can just become so absorbed by the noise from the city that we never hear the voice of God. Hmm? There's three voices, the noise from the city. Better give this back now before I forget. And, and if, if you want to know the will of God, you have to block out time where the noise from the city does not have entrance. You have to give place to the voice of God. So there's the noise from the city. And then there is the voice from the temple, the religious voice. There, there, you know, if we're not careful, we are consumed by Christian music, Christian radio, Christian television, Christian books. You know, we're, we're, getting, we're getting just flooded. In our culture especially, you go to other places in the world, I've been everywhere, but I've been to enough places where I know there's lots of places in the world that have very little of that. But, but in our culture, we are just
0: flooded.
1: If you want it, it's there. You are flooded with 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 you know talking heads, spiritual talking heads, constantly. You know, books and radio and television and 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 you get in your car and you immediately put your put your uh, put your CD in or you go, or you Listening, you know, your listening device, whatever it is, and, 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 and we're constantly listening, and I, and me too. You know. And then we wonder, why, why am I not hearing the voice of God? <laughs> why, why are we not hearing the voice of God? Because we are not giving space, be still, and know that I am God. There are times where you need to put your cell phone down and you need to turn it off, you know, because it buzzes, you know, in your pocket or wherever. And, 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 and immediately you're drawn to saying, who is that? You're in the midst of prayer and your cell phone goes off. Uh, time out, God. <laughs> right? Right? Turn, turn this stupid thing off. You know, for just a little while. They, you know, you'll live without it. They'll live without hearing from you. How many can relate to that? I, I don't know about you, but boy, I sure can relate to that. And so we, we need to be Samuels who just say, speak, Lord. because I've, I've shut all the other stuff off. And right now, I'm going to just take time to listen to you. Some of you just need to take a long walk this afternoon without your cell phone and hear God's voice. It's been a long time since you've given undivided attention to the voice of God. He's just waiting for you I stand at the door and knock if anyone will open the door I will come in wow but how many times we just have we're just the noise noise consumes us um I want to as I wrap this up I I want to I want to share a Just something that I've used. James chapter 1 says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. The one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind, for that person must not suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So James says, if we don't ask in faith with no doubting, don't suppose you'll receive anything. E- what, what I realize is that oftentimes we, we get stuck where, should I, does God want me to do this? Or does God want me to do this? Huh? Where, where we're not, we're sure and, and so we end up being double-minded. We end up being in the middle, and, and, and we're, you know, we're saying, God, I'm, and, and we're afraid to go this way or afraid to go that way because we're just not sure what we're supposed to do. Um, I've used this for years in my life, and, and I've actually used it counseling. Guys. Just recently, I, I was helping a church, and, and uh, I met the youth pastor for lunch, and we started start talking about life, and, and uh, I said, uh, how's it going? He said, oh, it's going good. I said, let me ask you a question. What would you be doing right now if you weren't a youth pastor? And his, his face flushed, and his eyes brightened, and he started talking to me about law enforcement, He said, You know, if I was a youth pastor right now, I would be going to school to become a police officer. And he just started talking about how his heritage, his family, his aunts, a, youth, a, a police officer. He's always, you know, he's going on and on and on and on and on. And on. You know, after he got done, I just said, Man, you got a lot of passion for being a police officer. What in the world are you doing as a youth pastor? You know what he told me? You know what he told me? He told me I was going to go to school to become a police officer. But my pastor told me that I was gifted to be a youth pastor and I should become a youth pastor. So I... I told him, I said, listen, I'm not telling you what God is trying to tell you to do here. But I said, I want you to make a decision in your heart. This is James 1. Make a decision in your heart. Don't tell anybody. Don't, don't, don't share it with your friends and your family as a prayer request. Don't tell anybody. You just make a decision in your heart. You're, you're in the midst. But I said, I sense you're in the midst of two places. You, you're, you're functioning as a youth pastor But I I see a lot of passion for law enforcement. And I said, that's a valid mission field. I said, you need to discover what not what does your pastor think you should do, but what what is God saying to you? So I want you to make a decision in your heart, one way or the other. and, And don't say anybody. And just live in it for a month. I'll be back next month. I'll take you out for lunch again next month. So that happened. The next month, I met with him, and I said, did you do what I was talking? Yeah. He said, I did. I made a decision in my heart. Because I told him, I said, if you make a decision in your heart, God will do one of two things with those decisions. He will either confirm, 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 confirm that is being the will of God. Or he will put a huge stop sign up in front of you and saying, the decision you're making is not the right decision. Stop. Why? Because a double-minded man is unstable in all those ways. But if you will internally make a decision, God will affirm that. One way or another. He'll either say yes or he'll say no. Now, does that mean that if you choose to do X, Y, Z, that it means all of that's going to be wonderful, glorious, happy, joyful, there's never going to be any problems, and you're never going to have confusion concerning that decision? Of course not. I I, I I mean, the elders come to Paul. You know, Agabus wraps, uh, you know, his belt around Paul, prophetically speaks to him, and says, "If you go, you're you're going to end up in prison." And Paul says, "Confirmation, <laughs> confirmation." All right, thank you, brother Agabus. That's exactly what I needed to hear. Agabus didn't want that kind of response. He wanted wanted it to be a warning, but it was not a warning to Paul because Paul had already made an internal decision without saying anything to anybody, and then God confirmed it to him. So this young man, the next month I come back to him. We have lunch, and I said, okay, how'd it go? He said, man, he said, it was wonderful. He said, confirmation, confirmation, confirmation. I said, what are you going to do? He says, I've resigned. I've already signed up, all excited. I'm going to become a police officer. That is what God has called me to do. And on the side, I am going to work with young people. Hallelujah! You see, he was miserable as a youth pastor. It wasn't, it isn't where God put him. It's where somebody else put him. What are you doing? Why? Why are you doing what you're doing? You can find the will of God. You could discover it. You could live in it. You say, I'm not there right now. That's okay. You can get there. You have to be patient. (laughs) Some things take more time than others. But God will lead you. Praise be unto God. And it's one minute to twelve, Pastor Jim. Let's close our eyes. Would you say with me? You know it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Slow it down. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to stop right there. I want you to put your hand over your heart. I felt like the Lord told me to do this this morning. Put your hand over your heart. And just say to God, your kingdom come. Your will. On earth, as it is in heaven, for my life. In Jesus' name. I pray that you will bless these people. I pray that you will keep them. I pray that you will make your face shine upon them. I pray that you will give them your peace.
0: stand together as we close the service with this de- declaration. Let me remind you the six things. Pastor Dave said there would be six things to help us hear and know the will of God. The first is a humble heart. The second is having confidence in God. Confident that he will reveal his will to us. Maintain a clean heart. Learn to wait on the Lord. Trust in him. Shutting out those other voices. Trust him to be able to speak to you in a language you will be able to hear. And then make a decision and walk it out confidently in the Lord, that he will confirm or he will stop you. Okay? Did you get that? All right. So take that, meditate upon that, listen to that, let your spirit feast on that. And Pastor Dave already gave the benediction, so I'll just simply say, go in the grace and goodness of the Lord today and be blessed, people of God. The altar's open. They're going to continue to worship. Share God's love with one another. Don't miss next week. Gonna be fabulous with our youth. So God bless you. All right.